or how we do it, God will stand on his word. God will not change his mind. So I want to encourage you on this morning. God haven't changed his mind. God has not forgotten about you. No matter how it look, no matter how you feel, keep standing on what God has said. Because God is true to his word. So we're going to have to take him at his word. Regardless of what's going on around us. Amen. But God gave me this song because sometimes God will remind us of where we are. And to keep us, bring us back to where we need to be. Amen. So this song is to walk into your seasons. It's time for us to walk into our seasons. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God Fulfill the promise he made. For I heard the Spirit say, It's your time, the wait is over. Walk into your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Said, I feel them. gonna come into your own Walk into your 
Amen. Gloria Burgess, this is your season. You've been through some disappointments. 
You've been through some trials. You've been beaten. And even the enemy have beat you so he want to leave you for dead. Even when you want it to even end your life. God said no. Because God said I already have something in store for you. This is why the fight has been so strong. So today, Gloria Burgess, with your hands up, come on and walk into your season. God is going to do exactly what he said. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. The wait is over. You grab hold to what God has already promised. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. It was already yours. You just had to take the walk of faith, baby. God said, I have already placed it upon you. Everything you need, you already have it. And the only thing you got to do is walk in it. Come on and give him glory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, God. Glory, God. Now, this is what faith does. This is how faith reacts. Faith praise him for what's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who have stayed, those who have prayed, He's going to fulfill the promise he made. For I heard the Spirit say, it's your time. The wait is over. Walk into your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Seasons everywhere. Said I feel them. Gonna come into your own seat. Walk into your I know that you've invested a lot, but the return has been slow. You throw up your hands and say, I give up, I just can't take it anymore. I hear the Spirit say that it's your time. The wait is over. Walk into your season.
try to do on your own that's when God ain't in it you need to let him be who he need to be and do what he need to do and we need to quit going on program and go on what he want to do we need to quit watching the clock and we need to let the Holy Spirit do what he need to do amen hallelujah hallelujah glory God hallelujah praise Jesus Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. I'm learning every day that faith is not about a feeling. You can't go on how you feel to think that God is not moving. God is always moving. This is a time that we got to trust him even when we don't feel nothing. We got to say, God, I still trust you. Even if I don't feel a tangle, even if I don't see anything, I still trust you because you're going to stand on what you said. So I'm going to stand on what you're saying. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. And it's all about what he want to do in us and through us. And we just have to let him work through us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We lift you up, God. We exalt you in this place. We thank you, God, for a move of your spirit. And God, I know that your spirit is moving, God, because you are here. You are invited here in this place, God. 
So God, we let you out of the box to do what you need to do, God, to say what you need to say unto your people. I come against, Father God, every hindering spirit. I come against every demonic force that would try to hinder, that would try to harass right now in the name of Jesus. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over us in the name of Jesus. I apply the blood in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you, God, that as I go forth, God, to bring forth your word, God, this is your word. And it shall not come back to you void, but it shall go out and accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing that you have sent it to do. Because your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And the interest of your word gives light and gives understanding. God, saturate this atmosphere with you. In the name of Jesus, God. God, I thank you for a change, a saturation in this atmosphere. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of slumber in this place. I bind every spirit of despondency in this place. In Jesus' name, God, I loose your joy upon your people right now. Because you said the joy of the Lord is our strength on this day. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you and we praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 17th verse. And let's hear what God has to say unto us on today. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 17. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I still hear some some flipping, so some turning of some pages. The word of God now reads, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm going to read this out of another version. We have small troubles for a while now, but they are helping us gain an eternal glory that is much greater than the troubles. We set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will last only a short time. But what we cannot see will last forever. I want to talk on this morning. Look not on the things which are seen. Look not on the things which are seen. God want our focus to be on the eternal. And this is Paul talking here. And when I read verse 17, when Paul was saying for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. And I stopped there because when we see Paul, Paul went through some things and they were not light affliction. So I'm saying, Father, Paul got beat. He got left for dead. He got stoned. He was in prison. Paul went through some stuff, but yet Paul was calling them light afflictions. I say, who does that? Am I reading that correctly? Paul said light afflictions. 
He said they're only for a moment. And I'm like, wait a minute, Paul. Now they beat your behind. They left you for dead. And you're going to tell me those light afflictions were just for how in the world? I don't know about y'all. But when I get beat up, feel like I'm left for dead, that don't seem light to me. What about you? Come on, let's just be real. When somebody jump on you, when somebody is pouncing on you every minute of the day, and I'm talking about these thoughts that you have in your mind, they don't seem, Sheikah, like light afflictions to me. They seem like torment demons. But Paul said, evangelists, they were light afflictions. How did Paul get to this place to say something was so heavy, Sister Janet, to call it a light affliction for a moment, Sister Phil? Paul got to that place. He said, because I didn't set my focus on what I was going through in the natural. He said, when I set my focus on the supernatural, things eternal, they were just for a moment. Y'all better catch on. Paul said, my light afflictions were light because I didn't focus on them. If you're still going through something in your life, it's because your focus is off. Because you're focusing on the scene, what's happening here and now. You're not focusing on what's eternal, what's forever. Because God said, my word is forever settled in heaven. And it's not going to change. Paul said, my light afflictions were just for a moment. We got some crazy Christians talking, saying, oh yeah, you're going to go through it. You might as well go through it. I might be going through it, but it ain't going to last but a moment. Because I know who I am. I know whom I belong to. Though my body is cutting up, that's a light affliction because God has already healed me. We need to quit this foolish talk. Paul went through some things and he considered them light because his focus was on the unseen. People say, just go and get your mindset. Just get it set. This is what happened. Oh, may happen to you. It's a light affliction. It may be happening for this moment. And I'm not going to deny that it's not. But my focus is going to be on what I cannot see. That's what I'm going to believe eternal because it is forever. Christians, we got some messed up minds. Because we come to believe what we want to believe and we want people to believe that foolishness. The Bible tells me that Paul said it was a light affliction for a moment. Because if you focus on how you feel all day long, that's how you're going to continually feel. But if you focus on what the word says, see the word said, I'm going to quicken you. I'm going to bring life to you. So if you focusing on that quickening spirit that's coming from heaven, you're going to get some life on the inside of your body. But if we waiting on that affliction, we're going to be afflicted. My Bible tells me many are the afflictions of the righteous. He didn't say you weren't going to be afflicted. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous. 
righteous, but I love the last part. But I delivered you out of them all. He said, them afflictions gonna come, but I want you to focus on evangelists. I've been delivered out of them all. You may come, but you ain't gonna stay. We're gonna have some downfalls. As long as we're here on this earth, we're going to have some things that come in to afflict us. We're going to have some things that come in and holler at us, that bring us to our knees. But when we remember who he is and who we are in him, that's when we begin to rise up. And it only lasts for a moment. If you're down there for days, that's where you are. But if you begin to rise up, even in the midst of your trouble, that's why Paul said these light afflictions are only for a moment. Because his eyes was on eternal glory. See, when you set your eyes upon him and everything that he's already done, those afflictions ain't getting next to you. They're only for a moment. So this is what Paul was saying. And God reminded me, even with Paul. When Paul was out preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the enemy is mad, y'all. He don't want the gospel to be preached. Not the kingdom. Because the kingdom is going to bring you life and not death. The kingdom is going to bring you light and not darkness. Come on, the kingdom brings everything you need in this dying world. So he's going to try to stop you. He's going to try to shut you up. So he's going to use people to talk you down. He's going to use people to lie on you. He's going to use persecution. He's going to use tribulation. But in spite of that all, when Paul saw the demon-possessed girl that was demon-possessed, he didn't talk to the girl. He talked to the demon that was in the girl. He said, you spirit of divination, come out of her in the name of Jesus. Now, when the girl come back to herself, the devil was mad. Why? Because they was making money off of that girl. But Paul got beat and he got put in prison because of the truth, because of him setting this girl free through the power of God. But when he went in prison, I'm telling you, Paul said it was light, y'all. He said it was light. Now, the man done already got beat up. The man was already beat, and, you know, and put in prison. Then he was already chained to Silas, both of them in prison together. Can you imagine two people? That's why you need to go out together. At least you have somebody to touch and agree with you. But you want to get the right one to touch and agree. You don't want to be chained to somebody that's talking deaf and you talking light and there's a pull that's going on. You want to get chained to somebody that knows the same Jesus that you know. You want to get chained to somebody that can call on the Lord the way you call on the Lord. You don't want to get chained to somebody that say, oh, we in trouble. Oh, but we're going to die today. But Paul and Silas, they come together and they begin to pray. They begin to seek the Lord. They begin to let the high praises of God come out of their mouth and a two-edged sword be in their hand. And all of a sudden, there was a sudden, that was a light affliction for a moment. Because he started thinking on eternal. He started thinking on forever. God said, when you think, change your thinking, you're going to change your way of living. See, the enemy is after your mind. If he can get your mind, he got your body. Your body follows your mind. Your body is just a shell that you in. Your body have to go off of something and it go off of your thoughts. 
For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. Whatever you think on all day is what you're going to become. That's what you're going to be about. Either you're about your father's business or you're about Satan's business. So we see Paul and them. They focused on eternal and there was a sudden, suddenly. Let me tell you something. In this lifetime, whatever God has called you to do, you're going to have some troubles. You're going to have some trials because the enemy knows those that are truly called by God. And those are the ones he's going to come in and hit with the best shot. Those are the ones that he's going to try to knock down and knock out. But I'm here to tell you, those are the ones that rise up and say, you may hit me that time, but you ain't going to get a second time. Come on with it. I'm going to tell you something about God. I'm going to tell you something about God when you're going through. I can't tell you anything that I haven't experienced myself when you're going through. And it's so funny because when, when you get along with God and you're focusing on nobody but him. Because you know that he's the only one that can bring you out. Have you ever gotten to a place to say, God, I don't deny that you don't use people. But if you don't do this, nobody can. So I have to depend on you to do it because right now I don't have strength within myself to do it. I need your help to do it. See, that's when God can use you. When you are admitting, I can't do it myself. I need strength from above to empower me to do what I need to do. So as I was in the room and I was before God, y'all, God is so awesome. He's so funny. I got to find what he had, he, he had told me. Y'all, I, I turned into a boxer. Had on my little uh, tallit. Had everything on that tallit. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. All these names of God on the tallit. All of a sudden, I saw myself in the room boxing. I was, and I'm like, huh? I said, boxing? What am I hitting? I'm just boxing. And then he showed me David and Goliath. He said, now you remember how David come up there and he picked up his five smooth stones? I said, yes, Lord. I remember he said, pick them up. He said, everything that's harassing you right now, I want you to take that stone and I want you to knock Goliath out. And I mean, y'all, I was just boxing and I was just throwing them stones at everything the enemy was throwing at me. I was knocking them out with it. And I mean, I was doing some boxing. Now, see, God will back up what he have you doing, won't he? Let me tell you how God backed it up for me. Y'all, we got a loving God. And if you know him the way that you need to know him, God will give you some stuff in first Corinthians nine, verse 26. This is what he gave me. I therefore so run not as uncertainly. So I fight. I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body, uh, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should not be a castaway. So God was showing me, he said, you, when you are in ministry, you're not fighting just against the air. Because a boxer, he have somebody in that ring that he's coming against. So things that come against you, you got to be ready to knock it out. You cannot let flesh overpower you. You got to walk in the spirit. So when you begin to preach to others, you won't be like a castaway because God had already got you through what they going through. God is so good. See, God will bring it to you in a way to let you know, I'm here with you. You're not alone. Those things that you're thinking in your mind, he wants you to think that they're real and they're not. 
Let me give you another nugget. The things that you think on the most, that will harass you the most, is your ministry. If the enemy brings sickness on you all the time, or have you thinking sickness all the time, God is preparing you for a ministry of healing. God is preparing you to set his people free. Might not be for all, but it's for some. So if you have an attacks in your mind dealing with your body all the time and you looking for some form of sickness because of what your family had or because of what somebody said or what you heard on the news and you keep having those attacks in your mind dealing with you ain't going to live long, that's the enemy bringing something that's not that he want to become. This is what God's saying. God said he's bringing something that's not. Anything that harass you that much is not. Because that's not me. He said anything that come at you that much is not. The enemy want the what's not to become so. Hear what I'm saying? He want the what's not to become so. How did he do it? God said he even used my word. How is he using the word, Lord? Because the word says, speak those things that be not. Y'all better hear me. As though they were. So he said the enemy is taking the word and he's twisting it. And he wants you to take what's not to become so. You got to get rid of those. No, that's not true. Because you keep bringing it to me. And I know it's not true. So I'm not accepting what's not. I'm going to accept what the word says about me. That's what brings phobias. That's what brings fear. That's what brings anxiety and dread because you accepting the am nots. I am not that because this is what God says I am. That's what we have to do. We have to decree and declare over ourselves. This is why Paul said my light afflictions were for a moment because he knew this ain't going to last. He said my focus is on eternal glory. It's the mind. Your mind is your battlefield. When you get your mind set on something and you don't unset it, that's what you end up becoming. And when God was giving me this teaching, he said, don't you focus on what's seen. He said, I want you to focus on the unseen because you are a spiritual being. Everything you need is in the supernatural. Natural cannot do what you need. Then he gave me, he said, now faith is the substance. The substance is the assurance, the title deed. Y'all, faith is my title deed. It's your title deed of what you're expecting from God. Faith is your guarantee. It is your assurance that you have what God says belong to you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence, the proof of things you do not see. And God is so good that he put some proof on the inside of me. He put some substance on the inside of me. He gave me his kind of faith. He gave me God's kind of faith to believe in the supernatural. This is why he said, now faith is the substance. The assurance, the title deeds of things that I'm expecting from God. I wouldn't even have this expectancy if I didn't have faith in me. Because it takes faith to please God. You cannot come to him without faith. 
So God said, I'm going to give all of you the same measure of faith. Don't think that you're better than anybody else. God has given all of us the same measure of faith. My faith may look greater than yours because I'm stepping out on what he said. And the promises in my life are getting fulfilled. That's when God say, oh, you of great faith. Not meaning I got more than you. I'm exercising what I have. Some people are saying, well, why is the scripture saying when the apostle says, give us more faith? The reason why they said that is because he said, you got to forgive this many times in a day. So they said, if I got to forgive that many times, you need to increase my faith. He didn't need, they didn't need no more faith. God said, just do what my work. Just do it. Just do what my words say. You don't need no more. Just do what my words say and you will see your faith in operation. Do what my word is telling you to do. The Bible even goes on to say, by faith, the elders obtain what? A good report. And some of them wasn't even here to experience what God said, but they took it by faith. They say, I don't even have to be here to know that it's already done because God has allowed me to see it. Some people are long dead and gone, but when God spoke to them, they already knew it's going to happen. I don't have to be here to see it because God said it. This is why when Dalton Thomas, he walked with Jesus. Come on, y'all. He was a disciple. He spent time with Jesus. Jesus told them that he was going to die, but he was going to be, he was going to be rose again. He was going to raise again, rise again. But Thomas, when they told him, they said, we seen Jesus. We seen the Messiah. He said, unless, at least he's honest, unless I see the nail prints in his hands, unless I see him being pierced in his side, he said, I'm not going to believe unless I see those things. Come on, we're there. How many of us there? Let's just, let's just cut it. We got to see it before we believe it. God said, that ain't my kind of faith. My kind of faith don't go on the scene. My kind of faith go on the unseen. My kind of faith stands on the word regardless of what is happening around you. So when Jesus appeared back in that room, Jesus told Thomas, come here, Thomas, touched where I've been pierced in my hands. Come on, touch my side. Jesus said, blessed are those Thomas, blessed, fortunate, happy, Ooh, are those who have not seen but yet believe. Those are the blessed ones. The ones that say, you don't have to prove nothing to me. I know what he said. Those are the blessed ones. Those are the prosperous ones. Not the ones that are sitting down here, not moving because the pain is still there. I'm not going to move until the pain leaves and then I know he's a healer. Christians. Christians. See, your faith that's in you saying regardless of the pain, don't leave in the natural, already have it in the supernatural, so I'm going to keep going. Because it's not based on how I feel, it's based on what he said. So I'm going to keep moving based on what he said, and when you keep moving, you'll be like, where did it go? Where did it go? But when you focus on the pain, 
You dragging that leg. Help me, Lord. Lord, just say you're going to hear me. Lord, we ain't going to do it. I can't take it no more, Lord. Then you're hollering a little bit longer to try to holler it out of you. You're praying a little bit longer to try to pray it out of you. Then you get up and you just throw in the towel and say, well, Lord, it just didn't work. But the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things. So I don't have to see it to believe it. I just accept what he said. God is not a liar. God said, I am not man that I should lie. Y'all better catch it. So that tells me man will lie to me. Man will tell me I'm okay. And in their mind, they're waiting for me to drop dead. He said, I'm not man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I shall repent. He said, have I not said it? Listen who said it though. Y'all got to hear it. Have I? He didn't say you. You left out of this. He said, have I not said it? And shall I? Who said it? He said, have I? And shall not make it good? If God said it, God's going to make it good. That's why you got to know what God is saying. God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. You know what hasten means? He said, Amanda, I'm watching over my word. What I told you, I'm watching over it to perform it wherever you sit. He said, wherever you sit in my word. He said, I'm watching over it to perform it. It ain't coming back up here void. Why? Because you done called on heaven. Do you know you got to be the one to open up the gates? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some of y'all still asking God to do something. God said, did I not give you the keys? Wait a minute. Where are your keys? Give me your keys. If he give me them keys, he done messed up. Because every door, them keys open, I can go through it. Y'all, y'all better hear what I'm saying. Ain't nah. They ain't too, I need them big keys. See, he's trying to give me one key. I want more than one key. I want a key to everything you got. I don't want this one key to one car. You got five cars. I want five keys. And I'm going to jump in every last one of them. Ain't no more your cars. They're our cars. Don't tell me your car, my car. Give me the key. Y'all better grab it. Come on, getting in these relationships and letting a man or woman tell you, did you ask me to drive my car? Ignorant gone to see. Y'all see all these keys? They mine. Whatever is on this ring and it better not open nobody else's house but ours. Because when I go stick them in some doors and it ain't working, I'm going to say, what that go to? Y'all better hear what I'm saying. 
You better hear exactly what I'm saying. Don't be trying to wait a long time to hand me a set of keys and take some off. What you taking that one off for? You don't need nobody to put it back. God gave me all the keys. He gave me all the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He said, baby, whatever door you need to be open today. He said, I done gave you the key to heaven. He said, I gave it to you down here on earth. So when you're getting in some trouble, you just take that key and say, I'm unlocking in that door because that belonged to me. I have rights. I have authority to do that. That's mine. He said, baby, whatever door you shut, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, I can't do nothing until you call it. We got some problems in the church. We on our knees too much. Come by here, Lord. He's here. He's here. He said, use the keys. Use the authority that I have given you. Paul and them had rights. They had authority. Jesus done went and sat down. Jesus said, I done done everything that need to be done. He said, greater works you shall do because of what I done. It's more of you than it was of me. That's why it's going to be greater. Oh my God. Y'all, we got some problems. We got some problems in the church. But you got to know how to use the keys. See, because I'll look at this ring and say, what's this? What red mean? What green mean? Red is the blood. I got to know about the blood, y'all. I got to know about the blood that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of my sins. I got to know so much about the blood that sanctified me, that set me apart. The blood justified me just as I never sinned. The blood made me righteous. So when I know about what the blood done, I can use that key and say, devil, you cannot come against the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus healed me. The blood of Jesus done set me free. The blood of Jesus done delivered me. I know how to work that key. I know how to work it because I've been in it. Then when I look at that green key, I see two fish, five loaves of bread. I see sitting down on some green grass. I can sit down and I can lift up the little that I have and know that God has already provided. He's already made provision for me. Though in the natural it only looked like two fish and five loaves of bread. But my God, he multiplies. He gives me more than enough. He gives me abundance and no lack. God supply bread to the eater. Come on. Seed to the sower. So I know about that key. Even though my bank account look dry, I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to call in the money. You know why I'm going to call it in? Because he told me to give. And it shall be given unto me. Good measures pressed down, shaken together, running over. And he said, shall men give unto my bosom. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to see it running over. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things. Woo. And this is what God told me. 
I'm going to hold on to these keys and check them out. I don't have to check them out because I know what they belong to. <laughs> but I'm saying, y'all, this is what God was showing me. Look at your neighbor and say, you better grab this. You better grab it. Say, you better grab it, not even grab it, but you better hold on to it. Say, because God is doing a work in you. Say, God is stirring up that baby in you. Hallelujah. God was telling me this. God said, the problem is, we're saying it. But God said, you got to see it before you say it. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. He said, I only speak what I believe. When you focus on a situation or a problem, that problem become real in your mind. It becomes a projector screen. And all you see is what you've been focused on. And then you begin to say what you see. And then, then you begin to feel weak. You be feel paralyzed because fear done taken over. Your body's acting crazy. It's acting whack. It's acting all kind of ways because you done grabbed hold to a mental picture that's not. And the enemy know when you grab hold to what's not, you don't even have to say a word. You living out what's not in your mind. You in a wilderness in your mind living out what's not what the enemy want to become. And then after a long time, then you playing it out. You may not be saying that, but people are looking at you like something ain't right. Something ain't right with you. You off. My husband can tell when I'm off or when I'm somewhere else. What, what's going on with you? I'm all right. Because I got to stay focused. I got to keep my mind. But it's good to have a partner when it comes to the kingdom. That's why he sent two out. See, you can't be unequally yoked in a house. One is saying, I'm going to live and not die. The other one is saying, you good as dead. This is the truth. You good as dead. You got to have a partner that's really touching and agreeing with you. That's just not saying it to be saying it. But they're saying it because they know it's true. You can't have a partner that's saying, if you don't do this, you're going to die today. You got to have a partner to say, rise up in what God said. You got to have somebody in that house believing and saying the same thing that you're saying. If not, they will kill you. Paul said, my light afflictions is just for a moment. When I thought, y'all, I was finished with that, God had the audacity to take me right back to Abraham. I said, okay, God, I'll go there with you. What's up with old Abraham? I said, I don't went through Abraham. He said, go through Abraham again. He said, because with Abraham, Abraham was in a place that was surrounded by sin. They worship other gods. You cannot tell me that when God speak to you, even someone that don't know him, when he's speaking to them to bring them out of a place, they don't hear him. Because when God is ready to bring you out of place, he'll speak to you. When he spoke to Abraham and he told Abraham, come on, can y'all, let's just be real. 
He told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to really leave what you're familiar with. Come on, y'all like me. Is it hard to leave what you're familiar with? If you settled on a job, you settled in a town, you settled in a city, you're settled. You feel like you're settled, everything is just normal, and all of a sudden the Lord said, pack up. I want you to leave, and he got the audacity to tell you to leave when ain't no money in the bank. Who does that? What kind of God does this? <laughs> but the one and true and living God. See, because God wants to move when there's nothing. It's easy to move when there's something. But God said, I want to move in your life when you don't see nothing. Because guess what? Y'all want y'all to grab it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible said the earth was void. There was nothing there. So God said, I'm going to take this nothing and I'm going to make it out of something. Meaning that the worlds were framed by things that were not seen. Not by things that were seen, y'all. See, God created this heaven and the earth by, it was nothing there. God brought into existence something out of nothing. That's who we are. We take nothing and we bring something into nothing to show them that God is God. God said, I don't want to use what man has to say I've done it. I want to take what man can't do to let them know I've been through there. He said, that's how I work. Because man going to take the credit. God said, I want them to know that there is a God. Almighty El Shaddai, all sufficient, all knowing, all powerful. I'm God and God alone. I am self-existing. Nobody created me. He said, that's the kind of God I am. I take nothing. Y'all, we were nothing. But God put his Holy Spirit in us. He brought life back to us. And we became a spiritual being. So God said, I create out of nothing. I want y'all to grab hold to it. Quit putting something in there that God didn't say put. So this is Abraham. God said, Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you are familiar with. Oh my goodness. Y'all, can you imagine? I want you to pack up Abraham. I want you to leave everything God said unto Abram. Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Come on, he said, I want you to get... Get away from all of this. Amen. Everything you familiar with. Then he said, this is what he said. You got to do this first. Then this is my part, Abraham. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. Make thy name great and thou shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you. I will curse him that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Abraham had to grab hold to that word. First, God said, this is what you have to do. Leave everything. Leave everything that you're familiar with. And once you leave everything that you're familiar with, this is my promise unto you. And God said that, you know, his promises in Christ Jesus is yes and in him is amen. So he said, Abraham, do this. Do this first. 
God said, first things first. We don't want to do what God telling us first. We want the outcome first. We don't want to move the way God want us to move. We want to move the way we want to move. And we want God to give us the outcome. God said, no, you got to do it the way I want you to do it. Because the way I want you to do it, man going to know you didn't do it. They're going to know I did it. So Abraham did what he told him to do. And when Abraham left, y'all, he didn't know where he was going. But he trusted God. But the one thing that Abraham did that he should not have done, he took Lot. Some of y'all are carrying family. Check this. If I'm doing what God tell me to do, I don't have to carry the weight of family with me. Because if I'm doing what he tell me to do, he already told me he's going to bless my family. Because I'm blessed by If he saved you, the promise is he's going to save your house. You don't have to make your house be saved. You just thank God for what he said. You don't have to try to fast to get your family saved. You don't have to try to beat them on the head with a hammer to get them saved. Only thing you got to do is trust in what the word of God said. He ha- he's long-suffering. God is long-suffering. He's patient. God know when the end of time is coming. He's still waiting. That's why it ain't come yet. He's still waiting on people to come to him. He's still waiting on the gospel to be preached. Then the end is going to come. So you don't have to, oh Lord, please save my son. Please save my daughter. I want to see him burn up Jesus. We just repeat what his word says. God, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. God, send your labors amongst the harvest. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he have blinded the minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. God, you said if you save me, you'll save my whole house. So I thank you that my whole house is saved. The enemy, he's coming in like a flood, but the spirit of the living God in me is raising up a standard against him. You shall not have my son. You shall not have my daughter. Because I got a promise from the word of the Lord. And I'm going to stand on that promise. Though they're wayward, they're coming back home. Because you gave me that promise. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So Abraham left. And Abraham took Lot with him. But in the process of Abraham taking Lot with him, he was hearing God. But there was strife between Lot's herdsmen's and Abraham's herdsmen's. Everybody know this. But then there had to be a separation. But guess who stepped in? The one that was hearing God. Lot didn't step in. <laughs> Abraham stepped in. And he said, Lot, he said, if you go left, I'll go right. Lot, if you go right, I'll go left. It don't make me no difference. You know why it didn't make Abraham no difference? Because God already gave him a promise. Apostle, it it didn't matter where Abraham went. It was going to be blessed because Abraham left what he was familiar with. So God said, Abraham, everywhere the soles of your feet tread, no matter where you go, I'm going to bless that land because that's what I told you, Abraham. So Abraham remembered the promise of God. He said, Lot, choose. We know that Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah because it looked like it had everything, green grass. So Lot said, oh, I can go in there and live. Don't have to do all what I'm doing over here on this messed up land. 
Because where he was probably looked this way, like wilderness. See, what the enemy does is he'll show you something so purdy. He'll show you that man and woman looking so purdy. He'll show you that and you're like, mm, that's my husband. He makes some good babies. Mm, that's the one God want me to be with. And you focusing on that man. You looking at that man. You smelling that man. You know everything that that man do. Then when you get that man, you calling him a demon. Why did I choose that lazy, no good rascal? You driving a Bentley and it ain't even yours. You bought it. You got on clothes that ain't even yours. It's your daddy clothes. I was wondering why the closet looks so empty. Because that's what you focused on. That's what you wanted because you was after the money. So we go back to Abraham. Abraham did all of these things, but Abraham trusted God. So guess what? I like the part that when Lot left, now God said, look, Abraham. He was showing him everything as far as his eyes can see. He was letting him know what he had given him. Can you imagine now? You have to be in the spirit because if God take you outside and you looking as far as your eyes can see, you saying, what kind of mess is this? God, what do you want me to do with this? He ain't nothing out here. But you got to have that vision that God wants you to have. God will begin to open your eyes and God will begin to show you green grass in a wilderness. God will begin to show you so many things that you never seen before that you passed over because you're trusting God. So Abraham trusted God and through Abraham's journey, God told him that he was going to make him a father of many nations. Now, y'all check this out. And Abraham said, how are you going to do this, father? I don't have a son. But God gave him the promise. He said, I am going to make you a father of many nations. So Abraham knew at that point he didn't have a son. And the funny part about God is he's so hilarious. Now, he gave this man this promise, y'all. And the years is passing by. They ain't getting no younger. <laughs> They're getting older. And, and you know, at a certain time, a male and a female can't produce nothing. So Abraham just looking. But God came and he reassured. God would always give you some reassurance when it don't look right, right? He will always give you hope against hope. He will always give you expectancy. That's why we need to get before him. So in Romans the fourth chapter. Say, teach, Pastor, teach. This is what we got to have is some good old teaching to keep you. See, I want to give you a full plate today so you can take it home and pull whatever you need to pull off of it to live on. Amen? So this is what happened to Abraham in Romans, the fourth chapter. In Romans, the fourth chapter, it goes on to say, verse 17, I'm getting somewhere. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. It is written. Y'all, whatever is written is not going to be changed. I want y'all to understand. Whatever is in this Bible, it's not going to be changed. He said, it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him, whom he believed. Abraham believed who? He believed God. Even God who quickened the dead. And calleth those things that be not as though they were. Remember I told you how the enemy, he want was not to be, that's not. But God want us to bring into existence life, not death, right? The enemy wants you to bring death and not life. So see if your thoughts are lining up with death 
or if they're lining up with life. If they're lining up with death, that is not God. God is about life and not death. So you have to focus on life and not death. You have to focus on the scriptures which quicken you and give you life. My words, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profit you nothing. But the spirit quickens. Amen. So we see that Abraham was focused on what? What God said. And then in verse 18, it said, who against hope? It didn't look like it was going to be anything, right? Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Guess why? According to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Abraham was going on what was spoken. He didn't go on what it looked like appeared to be. Grab hold of this. You don't go on to what somebody said opposite to what God said. Then he went on to say, and being not weak in faith, this is the part I'm getting to. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah Wong. So Abraham did not deny the fact that he was a 100 years old and his body was dead and it couldn't do what it needed to do to bring forth a son. He did not deny the fact that Sarah was too old to have children now. He knew that was, you know, a true fact. But he did not become weak in faith because of that. Y'all can catch this. He knew they were old. He knew that they could not bring forth children. But he did not get weak in his faith. Why? Because he said, I'm not going on my body. I'm not going to go on Sarah's body, even though our bodies is at the age of not producing. I'm going on what the word says. Y'all got to catch it. He said, I'm going on what the word said, not with what it looked like. And then he had to go on and say he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Why? Because he knew it was God's word, y'all. It was God's word, not Abraham's word. I want you to catch this. The words that you speak from the Bible is not yours. They're God's words. It is written. It's going to remain the same. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but his word is going to stand. It's going to remain. When everything leaves, his word is still standing because it's forever. It's eternal. It's settled in heaven. That's why you need a word of God to stand on in the midst of the storm. You got to say, though this storm is raging, my house is built upon a rock. And upon this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail. This is what we got to say. We can't deny the fact that it's happening. But we can say, not on my watch. No more, no more. We're going to rise up. We're going to rise up in what God has said. Tell your neighbor, say it's time for you to rise up. Say it's time for you to rise up. And take back. What you allow the enemy to steal. God told me. He said the only way the enemy can get it from you if you give it to him. He said because he destroyed the works of the devil. He said so the only way the enemy can get it. If you give it to him. So he's saying don't look at the scene. 
Look at what's unseen because that's eternal. What's unseen is in heaven. He said, bring heaven down here to earth. And then after God got me all stirred up, y'all, got me all excited. I'm going to give you two more, three more, whatever the Holy Ghost say. We're going to bring in this new year. With this stuff that we're dealing with this year, I don't want to take it in my new year. I want to live this abundant life that God told me that I can live without worry, without frustration, without anxiety, without fear. We know these things come, but they don't, we don't have to accept them. So he took me back to Jehoshaphat. He'd take you back to what you're familiar with. And he reminded me how Jehoshaphat got a report. How many of us get reports? And those reports don't sound good. Jehoshaphat had three of them. He had three armies coming up against him to oppose him in Second Chronicles. Is it the 20th chapter? He had these armies coming up against him to oppose him. Y'all, this is what I like that Jehoshaphat done, that we all need to take the time to do, that sometimes we don't want to do because we let flesh take over. Jehoshaphat began to gather the people together. They began to fast. They began to deny the flesh. Fasting helps you to deny your flesh. It does not help you. Let me put it this way. Do not fast to get nothing from God. Because God has already given you everything. So I don't have to fast to get healed. I don't have to fast to get delivered or set free. I'm fasting to hear from God so I can receive the things that I already have. I'm not fasting to get nothing. I'm fasting to crucify this flesh to hear God more clearly so I can do what God wants me to do. So Jehoshaphat, they came together in a fast. And in this fast, As they were praying, he said, God, aren't you the all-powerful God? He was reminding God, but actually he was reminding himself. He was reminding him of his power. He was reminding him of the battles. He was reminding him of all these things. And when Jehoshaphat got through praying unto the Lord, exalting the Lord for who he is, this is what Jehoshaphat said, and I like this. Verse 11, behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou has given us to inherit. That's what the enemy want, y'all. He don't want you to possess what God has already given you. So he's bringing all of this stuff against you. But he said, oh, our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is where we need to get. Lord, I don't know what to do with this. But my eyes upon you. Because God, I know you all powerful. You almighty. So I'm looking to the hills from which cometh my help. And God heard his heart. He heard their heart. And God began to speak through a prophet. And he let them know that the battle was not theirs. It was the Lord. And he told them, you will go against this great army. Come on, it was three armies against them. And they looked small. But because God told them to go against this army, and y'all know how they went against them in praise. They put the praisers in the front. See, it takes praise sometime to bind the hands of the enemy. Sometimes we got to praise our way through it because we know the battle is already won. He's already won the victory for us. We just praising him for what he's already done. We don't go to God to get something. We go to God because we know what we already have. 
So don't go to him to get healed. Don't go to him to get delivered. You going to him because you saying, God, I know what you have already given me. I'm praising you for what I already have. So when he showed me Jehoshaphat, now look at this. Jehoshaphat, he saw what was happening in the scene, didn't he? But he turned it around to the unseen. He turned it around to the all-powerful God. Then God showed me this one. And this one right here was Job. This got me with Job, y'all. And I'm going to close it out with Job. In the book of Job in 3, chapter 3. And I think this is happening to us even right now. And I want to help you to understand why things are coming up against you the way they are. It's not because of the devil all the time. It's because of what we're doing. In Job it says, Job chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. Listen at this. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Come upon me and come unto me. Y'all hear that? Come upon me and come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Now what happened to Job? I'm going to tell you what happened to Job. The Bible said that Job was a righteous man. He was upright before the Lord. But this is what Job was doing. If you go to Job 1.5, this is why it come upon Job. And it said, it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job do, Job do continually. Y'all, this is what happens to us. When we believe God, when we speak a word to God, we don't have to keep going back trying to do something continually to make it happen. Catch it. When you continually go to God with the same thing, that's fear. If you continually go into God about the same son, the same daughter, the same cat, the same dog, the same job, the same situation, you in fear. When we totally trust God, we don't have to continually go over the same things over and over again. We walk by faith and not by sight. When the enemy want to come in and make us think that God is not doing what he said, only thing we do is offer a sacrifice of praise. We offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and we say, oh, I bind that in the name of Jesus. That's not true. But when we wake up every morning and we have the same thing on our minds, and we're trying to fix it continually to try to watch it and say, let me sit there and look at Jennifer and see what's going on with her today and see if that's going to keep happening with her. Let me see. Oh, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Help her, Lord. Help her, Jesus. Lord, help her, Jesus. Lord, you know how I feel about her. Lord, you just know. So that's my day. That's my prayer. So the next morning, Jennifer, get up and I. Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning because, Lord, I just don't know if she's going to make it today. But, Lord, I'm going to put this prayer up, Lord, just in case. That's what Job did continually. He was righteous. He was upright before God. 
but he was going to him continually because he was afraid that his sons and his daughters was going to sin. So he was doing the sacrificing for him. He was setting them aside. The enemy saw that fear. So the enemy worked on that fear. But God still told him. He said, you know what? You can go in because he opened the door, but you ain't going to be able to take his life. We open the door to the enemy by putting up the same prayers by watching and waiting to see if that's going to happen because we got that image in our mind. That's why the Bible said we got to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that's exalting itself above God is not God, y'all. So immediately we got to cast it down. If we're watching, wondering, and waiting, we're not believing God because we're trying to make sure it does not happen. That's the truth. We'll sit up there and say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please. Lord, please. I don't know if I can take it. Lord, please. Lord, please. Lord, help me, Lord. I know you're here, God. I know you're strengthening me, God. I know you're here, God, and you just can't be still. That's fear. So the, the fear, he said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So whatever you put in your mind and you look for, that's what you're going to end up with. Because your body only going to move according to your thinking. God created us, y'all, by words. He did. He created us. God created everything by words. So whatever you speak is what's going to come. Because you speak in according to what you believe. The more you meditate on a thing, the more that thing comes to you. So it's time for us. Let's don't go into the new year focusing on what's seen. Let's go into this new year focusing on what he said. Focusing on how we want it to be. And it's so um, God that when me and my husband go into prayer and he in one room and I'm in another, but we come together before we go in those rooms. And after we get through with the Lord, we'll go talk to each other about, you know, the things that God has shared. And this is so funny. The same thing that God has showed me about what he was saying, how the enemy wants you to receive what ain't. He wants you to receive those things that are not so they will become. So my husband began to share with me. He said, the Lord told me, he said, we need to quit looking at when we go start our day. We need to quit seeing ourselves not doing a thing. We need to see ourselves doing that thing. And then that thing going to get done. See how God connected us and we was in separate rooms. See, this is why we need to be in prayer. This is why we need to fast. The house don't need to be separated. Because if I'm believing God and I'm fasting and he's out there eating and he's out there doing his own thing, I'm battling, then I'm coming against all this stuff that's going on. But when you have two people coming together, How can two people agree unless they walk together? It need to be a togetherness in the house. We need to work together, church. We need to be united. When one falls, the church build them up. When Paul got stoned and left for dead, they gathered around Paul. And they began to speak life over Paul. And Paul continued his journey. What we're doing in the house of God, we're coming against one another. We need to be coming together in unity. We need to be speaking the same thing. We don't need to be praying, Lord, if it's your will. We need to know what his will is, and we need to decree and declare his will over our lives. You don't need to be in a circle with somebody that's thinking death and saying they're speaking God's will. Go sit down. That's why Jesus closed the door when the girl was dead. 
He put the ones out that needed to be put out. And then he went in there and he shut the door and the girl rolls up. We need to shut the door on the ones that say, Lord, Lord, but don't know him. We got to shut the door on the ones that's been in church 20 years and still talking foolishness. Shut the door. You can't come in my house. Because this is what I choose to believe. I don't want to hear that foolishness. God gave me a promise. He said he will satisfy me with long life. He said he will renew my youth like an eagle. You can be a hundred years old and God said, no, I'm going to satisfy you some long years. You're going to live longer. Some people say, oh, it's time for them to die. That woman rise up and say, not the God say so. You're not going to short the length of my days because of your foolishness. If you want to die, you die. But God said, it's not yet my time to die. Get out. Put them out. Hang up on them. My phone went dead. It didn't went dead. I hung up on you. Tell me the truth. I hung up on that foolishness. If that's what you choose to believe, you believe it. But don't bring it in my house. I'm standing on what God said. Don't come to my house with that mess. That's what you got in your heart. That ain't in my heart. We got to take what God says in truth, y'all. Because I'm telling you something. I was talking to apostle and these words that the Lord was giving me. Y'all, I couldn't even hardly pronounce them. I'm walking through my kitchen and he said insurrection. And I'm like, what in the world is insurrection? Tell him, apostle. Okay, that's the first thing he told me. Then I'm walking in the kitchen one day, and the Lord, always in the kitchen. It wasn't like I was going to get no food. I'm just walking through. But he was feeding me. Then he said diabolical. Tell him what diabolical is, apostle. Diabolical is extremely evil. Extremely evil. Let me tell you what's going on. This is what's here. This is what's here right now and if you don't grab hold to this word and hear God when he's speaking you're not gonna last you're not gonna last y'all these words that God has given me is just not by chance God just don't throw words at you by chance He's showing you what's right there in front of you and what the enemy is doing. He's trying to knock down leaders that's bringing the truth to set you free. He's trying to keep them down because when he get the head, he got the body. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a fight, but it's a fight of faith that we have to take. It's the good fight of faith. You got to keep your armor on. Because if you let that shield of faith... All this armor you got on, but if you drop the shield, he done hit you with something. Y'all do not take this lightly. We're living in a time now that it is going to get worse. You're going to see people hating people even the more. 
The love of God is waxing cold. Christians don't even want to hear what you have to say no more because they don't got their minds set on what they want it to be set on. We have to come together in love. Because love conquers a multitude of sin. And no matter what your sister and brother does, they're still your sister and brother. You need to encourage them in the things of the Lord. You don't need to put them down. You need to build them up. You need to let them know you can make it. You can get through this. Just because you fell into that sin, you can rise up out of it because you're already forgiven. Don't just cast them aside. Do what the word of God tell you to do. Let's put our focus, y'all, on eternal, on what lasts forever. Let's let go of this unforgiveness, what somebody said or what somebody did or how you think somebody feel about you. I'm just going to tell you, y'all, I'm at a point in my life, I don't care how you feel about me. I know my father loves me. I don't care which way you want to come at me. It don't make me no difference. I'm going to live for him. You can hate me, but I'm going to love you even the more with the love of God. It don't matter if you think, if you think this or that, you need to come to me like the word said. If you're so super saved, come to me. You don't have to go to nobody else. If you so much in your word, come to me. Because the Bible says, if you got all against me, come to me. You don't have to go to nobody else. I said it. Why are you going to them? This foolishness in the church. We need to do what the word tell us to do and quit sitting there like we got issues with somebody and act like, well, I'm going to go home and pray for them. Do what the word says. Open your mouth. Go talk to that person in love. Speak truth in love. Don't let that sit there because when it sit there, it's going to turn into something big that it was not. You're going to end up hating your brother and sister, and that is not what they even said. Y'all, it's time to focus on those things that are above and not things that are upon this earth. Because the enemy is coming in to take over the minds of the people of God. He gets your mind, he got your body. So I'm going to leave you with this mind declaration. And if anybody want a copy, I'll get you one. Because I assure you, we're going to all need it. I command every high and lofty thought, vain imagination, every thought that exalts itself against you, Lord, to come down to the obedience of the mind of Christ in us. I command these thoughts to cease their laboring in the name of Jesus. So be still in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you according to John 14, 14, to supply your anointing and destroy all evil bondages, yokes, chains, fetters, anklets, bands, all evil works, roots, fruits, tentacles, and links out of, off of, and away from us. Along with any darkness, darts, arrows, stings, claws, spears, bars, lies of the enemy, anything not your truth, evil imprints, evil impressions, wrong mindsets, pains, aches, false memories. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to convict us, to convict me and reveal to us what you desire and need for us to be free of. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood covenant, according to Psalms 91. 
and the healing balm of Gilead over in, through, in, and about us. Our family, our houses, our cars, our lands, our properties, our vehicles, our animals, our workplace, our finances, and everywhere we traffic or go today as a hedge of protection against the enemy. I speak that the enemy cannot come near me or around me today because the angel of the Lord encamps round about us because we fear the Lord and he has delivered us according to Psalms 34, 7. Lord, fill us with your peace that passes all understanding. Cause us and help us to think on things that are good and pure and from above of you in Jesus' name. We need every day to take this like medicine. Because if the enemy gets your mind, he got you. Every day we need to take the word as medicine. And the more of the word that you take, the more of his spirit that's going to rise up in you and take over every vain imagination and every thought that's not of God. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. God is such a good and a merciful God, is he not? He does all things but fail. So let's keep Our minds stayed on him. Amen. Amen. Let's keep our minds stayed on things above. And I'm telling you, love one another. Love one another with agape, with unconditional love. Because I'm going to tell you, his love covers everything, y'all. And when we can produce his love, it changes. It changes a nation. Though people are doing wrong, what wrong have we not done? Y'all, I just don't understand when it comes to the church. We can see everybody faults, but the Bible said God looked beyond faults and he saw needs. Y'all, it's a time that we have to pray for our government. Do you know we speak evil upon the government because we're speaking out of flesh and not out of the spirit? Do you know we put things in place in the White House because of how we feel? Instead of speaking according to what the word is saying, I'm going to hit it. And we turn against each other in the church because you Democrat and I'm Republican. No, I'm a child of the king. We turn against people because of what they are. If God turned against me because I was a sinner, I'll be dead. I don't care if anybody get mad. This is the truth. We allowing what the government is doing to turn the church against each other. Instead of the church coming together and praying according to this word. Because regardless, this word is going to be fulfilled. But God teaches us how to stand in the midst of what's already written. Look in the book of Kings. How many people they had that was evil that was running the kingdom. Then when Josiah came in, he tore down some stuff. Then another evil king come. Yo, it takes prayer. You in an evil world. You got to pray. But the problem is when they mess with your money. I'm just going to say it. When they mess with your money, mess with your food stamps, mess with your Medicare, your Medicaid, and your insurance, now you hate them. But when you're in a famine, God is going to deliver his people. He put them in Goshen and the other ones was going through. They still made it. And here we are. Oh, Lord, if they do this, you speak in it. We should speak no matter what they do. 
peace with God. God, how do you want me to speak over this government today? What do you want me to say? Get one man in, they're all right, but they got issues too. Get another man in, he's a comedian and don't know which way you're going. And then, hey, we talk about them too. Get another man in that probably be showing the attributes of God, but we're going to still find some problems with them too. If I was president, y'all probably lynch me. Y'all probably lynch me. You stealing. You ain't getting no more food stamps. Mm-hmm. It's what God say. It's what God say. Let's don't let our hearts become hardened because of what man is doing or what man is saying. God loves us in spite of and we got to love each other and we got to pray one for another y'all that's what i'm saying do we like what's going on no we don't but we can make change we can make a difference according to the word speaking the same thing believing the same thing and it shall be established come on and give god a hand clap of praise